the USL show, also known as The View for Soccer. I gave a very pro wrestling heel turn, I'm sorry you were offended apology. The US military discussing what a Naruto run is for the Area 51 raid. I feel angry. Hello and welcome to the USL show. Uh, Hiya. That's... Man, get bummed out. Um, your host, Evan Law, your favorite cheesemonger, your favorite cheesemonger, not your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. If anything, we learned this week that was Daryl Grove. Uh, and uh, yeah, man, uh, for, for someone that I, I've met plenty of people in life, I'm sure Phil Ryan and Alan have too, they're all, they're all here. Uh, I've met plenty of people in life that you've only met for 10 minutes or five minutes or two minutes or, or what have you. Uh, none of them have ever convinced me that they actually truly gave a shit about anything I was doing quite like Daryl Grove did, uh, back in January. And, um, I, I, you know, I I don't know. I'm the, I'm the pessimist of this group, but everything is already terrible and everything continues to be terrible. Um, but if nothing else, I, I, I saw a tweet that just said Daryl Grove is the best of all of us and that's probably the perfect way to sum that up so totally agree those those guys are a bevy of knowledge a bevy of good knowledge uh a bevy of entertaining knowledge um and so the the hello and welcome is uh something that is as a as a group of podcasters that share some kind of air with with those guys that's uh that's the best intro you can do at this point, I think. Yep. We so, got to- hello. Hi. Welcome <laughs> to the USL show. Uh, yeah, man. Can I um, can I just say something? Real, I'll be real fast. Yeah, go for it. Just about Daryl. Like, we, he seemed really nice. He's always been really easy and, like, quick to get on anybody's show when he has the time. Mm-hmm. The dude has not much time, and he makes time. Uh, you just assume he's nice. I don't know him well, but... Like we did get to meet him in person in Baltimore, and I yep. thought he owned up to every. It was exactly what I expected. Dude is so kind, which is so refreshing because it's normally not how that goes. And right. it was very nice for everyone to go. Oh, and I mean, like there was plenty of people like Kyle Kepner and and Matt Ralph and and a lot of people who I who I generally enjoy and look up to and value their opinion, who said like this guy's wonderful. You have to go meet him. All that and and. Uh, Daryl um, definitely fit that bill and is, is super generous and, and all that. And those guys at, at TSS do a wonderful job, for sure. Yeah, the other one is that don't you feel like they changed the way soccer in the U.S. was talked about in a way? Like, I think we sometimes I felt like we were headed to, like, Hot Take City and, like, ESPN-style journalism and then, like, these guys just have this long podcast where all they want to do is like think of new ways to think about things and make sure they get all sides of the story. I just feel like we made a hard turn when these guys got popular and it became cool to be like that. And I think they set the tone um, in a lot of ways for us soccer podcasts. I think I, sorry, Ryan, no, there's a Phil and I haven't had a chance to actually talk about this in, uh, in person or otherwise there is, there's a handful of shows I think for better, I'm going to stop after this. There's a handful of shows I think for better or for worse that, uh, I promise that, uh, have, have either provided people with, with education or entertainment or infotainment even, that have changed, I think, the way a lot of people, or at least a very online group of people, consume American soccer. And it's, there's three of them. It's Total Soccer Show, it's Top Drawer, and it's The Cooligans. And that's it. I think I'm with you on that, to be honest. And thank so God, right? Go. Thank goodness. I, you know, and, and it, it could have been us, and thank fuck it wasn't. <laughs> You're right. I don't think it could have been. <laughs> it could have been. 
And it wasn't. Anyway, hello. Great intro. Welcome to the USL show. I'm Evan, your, your self-deprecating host for this evening. Phil's here. You heard him talk a little bit. Uh, Alan, I will finally let you speak. Hello. Uh, I'm sorry for your for your, your loss uh, of, of California teams in the playoffs. Uh, it's fine. Um, okay. I, I'm still looking forward to some good soccer, so... Uh, I, hopefully we'll find it eventually at some point. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. And if not, we'll, then... We'll talk about that. If not, then it's 90 minutes of uh, a chance to enjoy a delicious beverage while I watch grown men run yeah. around a field. So, I mean... It's very true. <laughs> it's very true. Uh, Ryan Allen is also here. He's too busy getting degrees to sit through your penalty kicks. God damn it. Stop it. Yeah, we have the uh, Eastern and Western Conference Finals coming up this week. So, we definitely uh, monumental games within the... Uh, USL season. <laughs> I yes, that yeah. Uh, we will talk about how we got there. First conference semis happened. Uh, was that last weekend? Indeed. Uh, all on Saturday. I hope you liked staying up late to watch the Western Conference games and then staying up later so those two teams could figure themselves out. Uh, and we'll start west. We started east last week as we normally do. Uh, New Mexico and El Paso go to penalties. Well, I guess I'll back up a little bit. Romeo Parks, of all people, if you thought you were done hearing from him, uh, the stoppage of stoppage time. He scores a goal just outside the box set up by Chris Weehan. We go to penalties, and uh, El Paso get by. 5-3 to three on pens. Interesting game. But a good one. Yeah, I mean, El Paso was one of the sides that I had picked. Uh, actually, I think reached the Western Conference final. I know uh, Penny had picked them to the uh, USL final, so to have them prevail in penalties was a very good result for predictions. I was slightly worried about El Paso going forward, um, if only because they were pretty convincing as a team in the regular season and going into the playoffs. Uh, solid defense, some good offensive play. Yeah. To, to you know, penalty kick your way past New Mexico is kind of a question mark at home. Mm. Um, mm. I mean, it is a playoff match, and things can go weird, and people play real tight. But I would like to have seen a little bit more dominance from El Paso to feel comfy going on the road against Phoenix. But ultimately, they got the job done. Yeah, I think I, th I think as Pony said, or maybe a few people said last week, like, hey, make sure El Paso doesn't go down two goals. That's like the big the big one, you know, because they're not going to come back from two goals down. But if they hold out their defense, and then they'll be fine. And I, I honestly, penalties wasn't that surprising for me for El Paso. I think uh, them winning on penalties was more likely than New Mexico. I think you wanted. I think New Mexico wanted. Like some uh, New Mexico wanted goals in offense and openness. You know what I mean? In my, that's what I went in thinking, at least. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think. Uh, I would have expected El Paso to score twice. I think before New Mexico would have got one, um, or or at least I, I I wouldn't have expected this to end one one. Um, but it did. And then the penalties, I mean, listen, Mizell and Ketterer, you could do a lot worse than having those two guys decide a game, for sure. That is the one, Yeah, let's see if... That is the one positive, I think, I was, going into the next week, is you still have a wonderful goalkeeper that is going to keep you in games. And if you have to go PKs, you have you feel good. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're two for two already. Let's see if they can avoid PKs for a third, or, or avoid PKs this round, or take it to PKs for a third consecutive round. Yeah, maybe maybe the new goal is to beat everyone by penalty kicks until you get to the final and force that to penalties and then just coast. I don't believe that's ever happened in USO that a team had basically won in a penalty shootout every single round. Yeah. I can't imagine. That seems like a thing that we would know because of how odd it would be. Uh, there have been a lot in the past, but I don't know how many. I feel like Sporting Kansas City, like, 
three years ago went pretty far in PKs more than one round. But that's something we should look up. I'll look it up. I don't have a whole lot to say tonight anyway. That's fair. Um, yeah, so then moving on to the other game in the West. It also went to penalties. Um, this one was a little wild. Reno go up 2 nothing. Phoenix fight back. And then, uh, sorry, I guess, Karma Police and, and a lot of the... Uh, I don't know, USL general demographic. Phoenix goes through 5-4 on Pence. So uh, I, I guess we'll talk about it now, but we'll get through the game first. Um, yeah, I you got to be really frustrated here if you're Reno, especially as the home team, to uh, to kind of choke this one away. Uh, really chippy game, a lot of yellow cards. What is that? Two, four, six, eight, nine yellows. Um, so really physical... But, you know, Phoenix advance, and we're one step closer to the Phoenix-Louisville or Phoenix-Tampa uh, final that I think everyone was kind of expecting us to have. Yeah, this was a weird one to watch because Reno looked really good at the beginning, and mm -hmm. Phoenix looked really not good at the beginning. Um, and you're like, all right, Reno's going to roll. They're a really strong team, good offense, and then they kind of just stopped for a few moments and kind of let Phoenix get back in. And if Phoenix, you know, gets that blood in the water, they're not going to let up. Uh, and they've come back a few times uh, last season. Uh, they had a, a penchant for doing that to keep their 20-game win streak going. Uh, they did it a few times this season as well, where they were, you know, back up against the wall and were able to rally and win. Um, I think you don't give them um, – I think that goal right before halftime was not the greatest. Um, and then it, I just never saw Reno play as well as they did in the first half and the second half. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, here's your news for the week, I suppose. We'll talk about it. Um, well, there's a couple things. Initially, report came out from the league that Phoenix Rising, if they win the Western Conference Championship, was going to, or uh, yeah, yeah, if they if they were in the final, they would host the finals. Essentially, what that would have would have come down to. Um, everyone was a little upset, a little upset about it, um, and I, I I wasn't upset in in the way that I, I think. Um, people would be expecting or, or I wasn't necessarily upset in the way that a lot of people were. Um, I'm done blaming Phoenix Rising for everything that happened with them this year. They've handled it. They've tried to forfeit games. The USL said, no, we can't do that because FIFA. Um, the other one is, what was the tie break with Louisville for them? Was it goal differential? I think it's total wins. Or was it... No, it was the points that they got from the one match that they tried to forfeit. Okay. So, it, at that point, you know, it's... It's why is that... Like, why is that even a thing? If USL's moved so many games before, they've talked about neutral sites before, they've had all these... You know, we get permits from, from USSF every year to have teams play in Bethlehem and all this stuff. Like, they're clearly not these by-the-book... Let's play everything to the exact letter of the law for U.S. soccer or, or, or FIFA. Like, why is this any different? And and my 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 the thing that I struggle with now with USL is the thing that I've struggled with for USL for I think since we started covering it is you are too big and you have too big of aspirations to still be run like you have six teams and there's four people in the office and all four of them are directly related to you. Well, Total Soccer Show talked to Jeff Ruder about that this week and they mentioned that, like, Taylor was like, is this just because it's USL? Is, are they just bad? And I think that is, like, maybe a little bit of it, but I think they're just, like, they're just now getting going in the last, you know, three to five years. And like really getting going getting going and they're still growing like this is the time period where you're still losing teams 
you're still figuring out how to do your PR the best way. You still have clubs that aren't ready for this level. And there's going to be mistakes. Even Phoenix, who's probably supposed to be one of the best ones in the game, has had some some trips, some misplayed moves here, you know. So um, I, I think this will go away for the most part, you know, after another 5, 10 years of development, maybe 15. Uh, but then again, it's still a second league, you know, like even MLS is going to mess this up here and there, but for the most part, USL, they're second tier in more ways than just play on the field, you know. Yeah, I, I was contemplating this whole situation and what I wrote on the Twitter machines was if the league had gone in consultation with Phoenix, they wanted to forfeit the points. We are within our rights to um, choose who gets to host what match in the playoffs. Cause that's when our rules and our playoff agreement, Hey, we talked to Phoenix. Phoenix is cool with this. Phoenix is relinquishing their Role if this and when if this happens and they came out with that at the front like hey they talked to people they came to a logical conclusion everyone was involved now you have hey we're giving it to Phoenix and now we're taking it away from Phoenix that I think mm. also threw a lot of like then it was yeah we're gonna host and then it was no you're not gonna host or right people calling for you not to host and then it felt again very personal right right yeah you're creating this really dumb unnecessary dumb feedback loop of everyone gets mad at phoenix fans league intervenes punishes or punish adjacent phoenix and then it's back to square one so you have a team now that's got this martyr complex which they should have it for some things shouldn't have it for other things you have former front office executives weighing in on things that shouldn't be issues if the league just communicated straight from the bat here's what we're going to do here's what we're looking at here's the options and instead they're turtling and you know what's really dumb is they're turtling in the playoffs and you know what's really dumb is they hire people they hire very good people by the way they hire very smart people to do communications for them and then either don't let them do it or don't give them weapons or ammunition or information to do their jobs. That feels legit to me. That statement especially. So, feels... hi, Ryan. Yeah. I'm not mad at you. Not, not Ryan Allen. Hi, Ryan. I'm sorry your job sucks right now. And I'm sorry that it feels like you're not getting the, the things you need to do your job. Uh, and I'm sorry that there's only like two people that care about your league. Because in a way, if you had like ESPN all the time, or if you had Sports Illustrated all the time, or if you had any national outlet that wasn't Jeff Reuter or us doing it for free, and that's not a knock against him or anything. Also, by the way, if anyone uh, came out and was like, oh, Jeff made up some shit because he, you know, Matt, fuck out of here. Just leave. Um, but if, if you had more national pressure or if ESPN cared at all, about you know what you were doing as a league you just look so amateur right now that i don't i don't get it and i would say based on you know the slip-ups with phoenix i'm thinking about them right now was one player doing something dumb the coach responding incorrectly them scrambling and then saying better things right right and right. then I would say them really thinking it through and saying something, doing and saying something much better with Chance, and then the GM on his own saying something dumb again. You know, it's it's like a lot of individuals doing something dumb, and they're all upper above that communications group in most ways. Yeah. So, yeah, or acting outside of their power. It's that's yeah, really good point there, Evan. I think people should think of it that way. It's it's. Every, because I think the nice thing about the USL is that is that the the fan bases by and large, or at least the ones that are very online by and large, are are smart enough to know, relatively speaking, what the chain of command is. Like the people that you were adding when you at Phoenix Rising, or when you at El Paso, or when you at St. Louis, or when you at Louisville, or when you at Indy Eleven, there's people behind those accounts. Um, 
And those people are a public-facing part of, but they are not, in fact, the front office or management or ownership or anything like that. And so... Um, There is a very unproductive thing that we as fans or as people or as very much active users of social media do where we get upset and we go, at brand, you guys suck, I'm never doing this again, or whatever. And and again, all this communication, all this nonsense, I'm like, yeah, I was mad, like, yeah, I added, you know, I, I hit at Rick Chance, you know, you know stuff like that. And, but... I will say the counter to that is um, all the more props to San Diego, who bottom to top, everybody individually seemed to have their shit together yeah. on that, you know? Right, right, <laughs> yeah. The the anti the the, the antithetical uh, part of this was Colin Martin coming out and going, "Hey, if if the guy wants to coach, you still want him to coach for a team." You know, well, just fucking so. landing. He's like, "Are you serious right now? Yeah. You're serious? This is right. this is what we're fighting against. This is what we. Oh right, my god, right. that moment! I was just like, man, this guy feels it to his core. It is him, yeah. and like, yeah. that's amazing. It's not easy to to find. And I don't so, think. I, I don't know how you, other than it's never happened before in American soccer history, and and I hope with every ounce of my being that it doesn't happen again. But the only excuse that I'll buy is. It was so unlike anything else you've ever seen. That first 48 hours might as well have just been a wash. Where you're like, all right, well, we don't really know what happened. A lot of stuff happened. Everyone saw it. Landon Donovan, who is maybe one of the top five most recognizable American soccer players in the world, at least to people in America, um, was on the sidelines for it, which probably didn't help. Um, And then it was, you know, one of the big names for... Phoenix, and then it was the only question mark out gay guy in American soccer. Um, at least at the level that he's at, or at the level that he was at, because he has the he has the ex Minnesota United tag, and that's an MLS guy. Um, so yeah, like that first forty eight hours, you might as well have just been like, hey, like that's when I'm okay with the boilerplate. We're looking into it, um, but I think everything after that, it's like gotta start talking. You really have to just start talking. I think transparency gets you so much farther with the general public that's, than, than not. That's what we yeah. think because we're grassroots. Like I think that's how we operate and that's how we want to see it. I think that's how like supporter mm. groups and fans want to see it. But isn't it always like any league on the planet, like their automatic is just like no one talk. Everyone go silent. You know, like it mm. is just so automatic for them to do that. And I'm curious what it would have looked like if they – communicated more it could have gone badly could have gone worse you know right right. but maybe not maybe we all could have been if we had known the way it was gonna go i think it would have helped me personally Mm. alan you need to weigh in man what are you thinking uh i mean the conversations that were happening at the stadium when it went down like people had an idea of what was happening but you're right it was a lot of um second guessing a lot of second hand a lot of we think we got this on audio a lot of people thinking that they heard something they didn't hear and so it's just mm. has this like spinning effect of truthiness to borrow Stephen Colbert's word um mm-hmm. where there was a lot of things that seemed accurate but there was like around it was not accurate um and i do think having the people involved who were involved really amplified this to a level that probably Mm. wouldn't have been like if this was just a regular you know two coaches two teams if it was the game before the week before right like the los dos we were talking before (laughs) los dos it was just like let them go los angeles did not even put out a statement saying we condemn racism they're like we fired the guy that was it like i'm more mad now at los dos for not saying anything for owning up to anything because that's i think that's the point where it starts with landon was this is the same thing we just went through, and the other coach said the same thing you're saying right now. Like, oh, we didn't really hear anything. And it's like, and then it comes out later. It's like, no, people heard. They just was like, no. And I think that's what Phil's point is. Like, everyone, like, circled around their guys and said, we're not saying anything until we have to say something. And it's like, people knew at that match what actually went down, and they were, I think they're worried – and to be fair, they're worried about their careers. Like, this could be a career killer for somebody. Mm. 
And so it's like you have to weigh that too. And it's like I don't know in that situation if I would have been able to say something because now you're worrying about, hey, if I'm that, you know, bench player or I'm that guy who's not the star and I say something, now am I now I'm like everyone on the team is like, oh, you're ratting on our guy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that locker room's like. Like and I'm not gonna comment on it because I don't know. It seems like a yeah. good locker room. They seem like they support each other. Mm-hmm. And Phoenix has a history of being a really stand up organization. So it's like all of yeah. those things I think hurt them because you wanted them to be better because you believed that they were better, but people are human and they're gonna say dumb stuff and put their foot in their mouth. And we have to hold them accountable, but we also have to do it in a way that allows them to still be human and not lose their humanity in all of this. Um, I'm not super, I don't know how I feel about it still. Like I'm still processing how I feel about it, but it's also not really my space to like step in and say, this is how I feel. It's like, I'll share my opinion, but ultimately I think Colin Martin has a say and I agree with him. But I think the LGBTQ community also has, you know, something to say about it. And, I, you know, there are groups of people who have been very vocal that they're not happy he's back. Um, mm. And we have to be okay with giving that space for people to be okay with him being back. And people have space to have that same argument that say, no, I'm not okay. Three weeks is not okay. You don't unpack mm. unconscious bias in three weeks. Right. Like, show me actions first then we can talk about bringing it back. And that's a conversation that we need to be willing to have. But right now it's so tribal that it's like anytime someone says the opposite, it's like, nope, I'm not talking to you or you're an idiot. Like we never have that nuanced conversation. And hopefully we can. It's hard to in digital yeah. world. Like if we were able to talk about this in a supporter section during a match, we might be able to have something. But now it's like Zoom calls or well, and. And I, I think the other thing, too, is it's also if I'm a coach right now and I'm not, I have a I have a large trophy to go win. I'm going to do that first because that's what I'm getting paid to do. Um, so I'm OK if, if it's, hey, he's back, whatever. We want to do the thing, get the star above the crest. And then I just want to see after the season, because I think the initiative of Black Arrow is really interesting and, and good. And I want to see essentially that or something along the lines of that, but expanded to be more inclusive of the Latinx culture, gay community. I want to see this. I want to see somebody somewhere in USL talk about the women's thing that we heard about like two years ago and then never heard of again. That'd be cool. Go Um, listen to an Open Roots podcast like two or three episodes ago. Yeah, You'll hear something. Speaking of... Speaking of, um, you know, but I, I want to see and no, you're not going to win everybody over all the time because there is definitely a subset of people where once you've done bad thing and get canceled online one time, that's it. You're done. Bye. Good, goodbye forever. Um, but I, I think I want to see the league after you deal with your on the field stuff, take more initiative to do inclusion, diversity things off of it. And I want that to include at the academy level. And I want that to be a more inclusive academy system, too. Food for thought. I think the last thing is just, like, they've this situation, while it's been terrible, I would say the most valuable thing that's come out of it is we've drawn a line in the sand about what's acceptable and what people are going to go batshit crazy about, rightfully so. Um, and it's caused the league to start a bunch of initiatives like, oh, this is a major problem we didn't get out ahead of. And now we are going to institute some things. They, sh- they sure as hell better be effective. You know, like you got foreigners coming in. You got to make sure they know what they can say on the fi- on the field during a game. Um, you have every coach go through. This is what happens. This is the protocol. Every time something like this happens on the field, you know, maybe take a breath and, and talk about it or know the rules and what will happen you know like education can make this better in the future and it can make the usl a less um i don't know bad pr type of a league that they've been the last couple of weeks here any thoughts from you ryan before we move on yeah um 
It just seemed like from uh, everything going forward that it was just kind of a PR nightmare from the league and any uh, just matter that they take going forward to kind of improve upon this is a welcome change. I definitely agree with you that there needs to be education at the academy level and at anyone who enters the league that uh, you know, what they just can and cannot say because they this certainly shouldn't happen again within this league. I've got a good left, hard left turn. I did my research. Can I talk about it? Yeah, go for it. Uh, I only looked at 2016 and 17 because these were the ones I was thinking of. In the playoffs in 2016, Red Bulls uh, drew the Rhinos 3-3 to in, uh, what is this? I'm sorry, the semi, the quarterfinals of the Eastern Conference. And they won on penalties. Then they went on to beat Louisville in penalties. It was 1-1. And then they beat uh, Swill Park Rangers 5-1 to in the final. So that's 2016. 2017 was um, in the first round, Swill Park beat Phoenix in penalties, 1-1 draw, 4-2 on the penalties. And then they went to the semifinal, um, the conference final, against Oklahoma City Energy, made it that far. I remember I was there. The goalkeepers took the last penalty or two. Um, and so that was decided. It was a 0-0 match. Very boring. And then went through to penalties. And then Louisville won 1-0 in the final against them. So we've had two teams get two draws and went on penalties and go on to the final. Both two teams at that, actually, interestingly enough. We've had two two teams? There you go. Mm, 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 good. I mean, I will at least say with the final four teams left in USO, there are four independent clubs that uh, it seems to kind of, that's kind of what I guess the neutral would be kind of rooting for or rather than having an MLS two side in here. Yeah, I don't know if there's an East Coast game I've been this excited about in a while. They've met in the playoffs before, but nothing with uh, this high of stakes up to this point. Plus, I think it'll look real pretty on TV with the colorful kits. I always like colorful mm. kits. Yeah. Uh, hey, we can talk about the Eastern Conference now. Um, f Phil? Are, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's get this over with. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Oh, I don't have much to say. I, I mean, I don't I don't really want to lead it. I mean, everyone knows what happened. Proud of my boys. I mean, they, they put it in. I thought it was a good game. Uh, had a, I mean, I think the only thing I have to say is, like, what if Wallfall had gotten that penalty the game would have put it right down the middle I gosh, but the game would have been totally different and so you know yeah. in another universe that would have been a real interesting game otherwise uh sure you know louisville did their thing they took care of business they're good they're really 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 good um so i wouldn't be at all surprised to see them get to the final and win it no matter who they face so yeah um, Phil, the good news is, well, no, it's it's not. <laughs> the The interesting news for you is that the uh, you don't have to worry anymore about uh, hurting anyone's feelings on a podcast. If there is any hitherto unreleased stories from St. Louis FC or um, uh, anyone related to the club that is moderately interesting that you are now in complete immunity of saying because the team doesn't exist anymore and you would like to share those publicly in a form that has been provided to you by myself, the Beatle Game Network Podcast, Igris FC, and Roughneck Scarves, you are certainly allowed to do so. If you would like to punt and say no thank you, that is also understandable, but no one can hurt you now. Uh, I don't know. I've heard some good. I mean, I guess people could find you, but no one, no, <laughs> uh, no one can hurt you now in this space. Now, I think the most like controversial character in St. Louis has always been Frecky. Welcome, Phil. You can uh, watch the league as a neutral, like I do. Yeah, yeah. Ryan and I are still taking applications. Uh, 
I am firmly in team uh, are my guys being taken care of, uh, which is a really great place to be. You should try it out. It's really There's cool. a very good tweet from uh, Stuart Holkran uh, just uh, welcoming you to uh, the remainder of us up here with the San Antonio Scorpions mascot oh. and the remain and uh, every other team that has passed through USL at some point or another. Oh, man. Look at some of those crests, too. Damn it. That was that was that was a complete throwback of just USL. That it, Palace Baltimore's there. It made me just kind of remember all the teams that have been Ugh. through this league. Uh, the Atlanta one, the Tampa Bay Mutiny, just or not even through this league, just in general. And uh, USL Chicago even got a shout out in there. The City Islanders, but not uh, Penn FC, of course. No, no, no. Philadelphia Fury, one. which apparently is making a comeback as a youth organization. That would make sense. Yeah. But. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it was current. It was certainly a throwback of just uh, U.S. soccer within the past decade or so. I enjoy that he wrote a tweet for about a thousand people, and I think all of us have found it now. So, that's good. Jacksonville Armada. Oh, man. What a, what a list of teams, no? I mean, that's so good. Yeah. The Atlanta Silvermacks. Yeah, Phil, uh, I know what my feelings were when I saw my last uh, my last Hammerheads match in USL Championship or, USL, or just USL at the time, but what were your feelings at uh, full-time? If he's back, we might have we might have lost Phil momentarily to audio difficulties. Alan, uh, I'm sorry, I lost internet. Oh, no, you're good. Back and it muted me. Okay, it's all right. So yeah, uh, Ryan asked you a better question, which is how did you feel knowing that that was the end? Yeah, it it hasn't sunk in. It hasn't sunk in at all. That's fair. It it feels like we got kicked out of the playoffs again, and we're gonna come back next year. <laughs> so it'll really hit. I mean, it it hit when I looked at the pictures of the Luligans and the team, just like all mm. sobbing and hugging, and it was uh, that was hard to see. But for the most part, I still feel like we're coming back next year. Uh, That's yeah. Save the newspaper clipping of it. That's what I saved for uh, Wilmington. I have my ticket from it. And the just newspaper headline of that final match afterwards, and I still plan on getting it framed at some point. But uh, it's just something I like to kind of look at. I still have a framed photo of the team from uh, a match in that final season hanging up in my room. That's just something to good kind of remember of. I mean, it'll it'll live on for a couple more years as some of those guys are definitely going to get picked up somewhere, and so you can kind of root for a bunch of different St. Louis's, St. Louis, St. Louis, um, <laughs> St. Louisans, St. Louisans, St. Louisians. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, uh, yeah, right, right. So there'll be a, I'm, there'll be some like I watched that game. And I was t- talking about this before we started. I was like, I watched that game with like an eye on. There'd be some nice pieces there for people to pick up and see mm-hmm. some guys do some good stuff. Uh, I mean, obviously on wearing different crests and different kits, but you know, you knew where they came from, and there's a lot of history there in St. Louis that will find some love in some other cities. Um, so, Coach Tritchu back on the market somehow. I think he's going to settle in with the academy, but man, yeah. what a run that last year! He he said he had some fun. I would have too. He was... Hey, that, that segued nicely into my story. Did he have some fun that you can talk about now? Oh. We need no. a we need a Trichu tell-all is what we need. No, I mean, he he no. was so forward. Like, he that's the thing about this year is he doesn't care. You know, like, he's he's not looking for another coaching job. He has a job at the academy if he wants it, and I assume he's going to go right down to it. But um, he didn't expect to get this job. He's never been able to play with a roster this talented before. Um, and he said all this straight up. I think we know that. <laughs> and, um. and, like, that's why they went to a three-back system and would, like, throw in the okay. kitchen sink every game. You know what I mean? Like, he had yeah. fun with it. Yeah, yeah, every yeah. game was like a U.S. Open Cup against an MLS team. They just threw everything at him at the end. 
and it the funny thing is it worked out a lot of the time and so i don't know nothing too crazy i would say the craziest character in st louis was uh the most controversial one was Precky. i've got some some Precky stories but nothing good enough for this show i mean who doesn't you know I will say my fondest St. Louis FC memory was when they visited Wilmington on a very near 4th of July match. It actually ended up as a nil-nil result, but it was one of the most exciting matches that I had watched uh, in person. So that was uh, one of my more fonder uh, St. Louis FC memories. Uh, since we, we shared a conference many moons ago... Um, Bethlehem and St. Louis never really liked each other. Uh, in fact, the last two games they played was a uh, June oh these names a June fifteenth, twenty nineteen game where Bethlehem Steel won three to one over St. Louis, which featured a uh, a uh, red card for each team, <laughs> in which Ferris scored and two minutes later was red carded, and then Oscar Umar picked up red card in the eighty first minute. I, I think it was 2017 um, when there was a decision day game with Bethlehem playing St. Yep. Louis and uh, I think it was was it Georgi Hristov? What somebody or one of the one of the like Slovakian guys got into it with the with the Steel supporters group after the game was over. Yeah, it was uh, why am I blanking on his name? I'm the worst. Ivan Ivan Mirkovic. Yes, yeah. Mirkovic. That's right. And I thought he was going to jump into the stands. And well, he's that kind of guy. Um, he, he gets worked up. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't need anyone to tell me that he was that kind of guy. Because um, he clearly was that kind of guy. Which is fine. That works out great. Um, yeah, and then, of course, the uh, the James Chambers scoring a goal and then immediately celebrating in front of, like, 20 families at a... Um, I think that one pissed everyone off more than anything else. <laughs> oh, everyone the next day hated him. It was great. Um, it was really good. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, by all accounts, a, a really great organization that always did way more with what they had than, uh, than what they should have done, to be fair. At times. In the last year or two. I don't want to keep adding caveats or else I'll do it, so... Uh yeah, and then hey, the other uh, the other game in the Eastern Conference, man, imagine me saying in March that Lucky and Kasana was going to be a huge decision maker in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference of the United the United Soccer League Championship in 2020. Uh, he subs all he scores essentially for this one, and uh, the Charleston Battery who played Tampa really tight. I think I still think if you're Louisville, that's a little bit of the blueprint for how to beat these guys is what Charleston did all year. Um, and man, it's, that's going to be an interesting game. Tampa get out of there with a one nil off the lucky M. Kasana goal. He almost scored twice in like three minutes. He's so fast. It's uh, off the bench. It's upsetting. It's something else I heard on that TSS show is that, um, cause I didn't watch this game, but the, Tampa wasn't out there to like run the scoreline. They were sitting back, no, no, you know. No. They were trying to play conservative, especially against a game a team like Charleston. That you, you almost got to do that. And I'm curious if they'll do that against Louisville. I don't know if that's a good idea against them. Um, I don't think they've seen each other enough to know if they can do exactly. that. Exactly. I, I think the the bonus of them playing Charleston as much is they knew okay, this just isn't a team that we can put four pounds. <laughs> And and you give up the ball in the wrong place, it's gone. You know, like the game's over and out yeah, of your oh, hands. Yeah. So, yeah, but um, and go ahead. And for as good as I thought Charleston was this year, they definitely don't have the bench that Louisville do. Well, who does? God. Well, uh, Tampa. I guess yeah. I mean, Tampa does, but I, I would say Phoenix. I guess especially now that they lost Flemings, they don't have that deep of a of a bench. Well, Tampa made a triple sub, and it was Leo Fernandez, Lucky M. Casana, and Johnson at the same time. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's stupid. I like, forgot they had de- they got Johnson at the end there. Like why? That is the only stupid. other team that can do that is essentially Louisville, who were able to bring on West Sharpie, by the way, right. Masoto and Spencer. That's a really great point. And then Oxford. Does the West stand a chance this year? No. <laughs> it's not feeling too Unless good. Phoenix gets there, and then it's a shootout. 
Yeah, on my too early prediction, I said whoever got the home game is going to win the final, and that shifted eastward when yeah. going into the playoffs, it looked like it was going through the west, and west had a good chance, but now that it's shifted back east, oof. If it's neutral site, does it matter? <laughs> yeah, last year was the first time that a team in the modern era of USL had won the final on the road with Real Monarchs, mm. which feels like so long ago after uh, everything it's taken to get to this point. But yeah, uh, yeah if you're hosting the final, it's pretty much um, it, it's it's a very clear advantage for you. Ooh to just be successful in it. But, yeah, we saw that discussion if uh, USL should go to a neutral site and... You know, uh, if, they decide to, if they decide to do anything. Yeah, true. true. But Maybe uh, they just play in a parking lot somewhere. MLS used to have neutral site games up to around, I think, 2012, technically 2013, because they said LA Galaxy was a neutral site, then LA Galaxy got to the final, and they were like, yeah, we'll just keep it here i guess yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll just it keep it here happen. so if i honestly think if mls isn't having neutral site games uh usl won't be having neutral site games mm. but even in like a normal year it would be a tough ask to have fans travel to a neutral site oh yeah game. You, i agree no, I, I don't think they'll do it just for that but think about the teams in the east especially like who wouldn't want a final in tampa bay or louisville this year you know yeah, like if we're going to just hypothetical out of the four teams that are left, let's say it's uh, Tampa Bay, El Paso in the final, and they'd hold the neutral site game in San Antonio or something. That would, in a normal oh, non pandemic situation, that would still be a tough ask for mm-hmm. both sets of fans to get to San Antonio. Yeah. Just uh, hypothetical, of course. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, guys, do we have anything else? Oh, we put in predictions for this, right? Who did oh, we, we did, and there was like first goal scorer. That's a one. That's one we're That's talking right. about because we yeah, were all over th- the board. I there. think we went with uh, Louisville El Paso. We did, and did and Lancaster was the by far the best vote for us at least. But then. In the West, we were like first goal scorer between El Paso and Phoenix. Who the heck is that? It, we listed like five Could be guys. Nine people. Yeah, yeah. I honestly think this is going to be a match that Phoenix scores first, and then either El Paso tie it and win it in penalties, or they tie it and come back. Oh, see, I think it's either Phoenix wins, or if they score first, Phoenix wins, or El Paso ties it and wins it in penalties. That's uh, those are the only two options in my opinion. Mm. Or El Paso gets one and then defends out. I could see that as well. Who knows? We'll find out. Saturday. We chose Mares though, as the uh, goal. I scorer. like that. He's uh, basically yeah. I I just picked the guy I picked. It was me. So if anyone hates me for that, it was me. But uh, he's been involved in almost every uh, El Paso goal in the last six games that I found. So. Mm. Mm. Uh, anything else? Oh, I will. I, I guess. Well, we can. Uh, yeah. No, we'll we'll talk about it now. Um, do we want to go to two legs, home and home and home, for everything that's not the final next year? No. Alan, your opinion doesn't really matter unless you say. I yes. mean, this is how voting for the USL pick has gone on on behind the scenes all season is me pausing to ponder and or being on the west coast so by the time i weigh in it's already decided anyway um i don't know i i think travel is always an issue i think i can so from a from a not having to travel across america standpoint yes but from a factoring in travel and seeing how hard that's been for a lot of people no yeah and it's even hard to like get on that bandwagon right now knowing what risk your teams take by traveling multiple times? I, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want any of those guys to take that risk, um, and I don't know if that risk is mitigated by the time we have to decide this in a year anyway. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a point to maybe like the Western and Eastern Conference Finals being a home and home, 
because um, that is kind of a big deal. You make it to that point, but then it's like, all right, well then, why isn't the semifinals? And then why? And eh. so it's, I think it just opens up a can of worms. I think maybe the final might be more fun home and home. That way, the two teams that make it, their fans can get a home game. But yeah, I just don't see. I mean, if you're gonna do single elimination playoffs, do single elimination playoffs. Like, would it is is it ridiculous to say? instead of an American playoff system, like do a group stage, like World Cup style, and then have the final or a semifinal in the final, and then those could be home That's and home. I've heard, some, I've heard someone mention that for MLS. I think they considered it a few years ago, but I, I just love group stages. I really like them. That's fair. I mean, unless you're that third team who has a worse group versus... But I think for the playoffs, you eliminate some of that well, you got to play a garbage team four times, and we had to play, you know, I don't know, the great team four times, and now that's why we're on the outside mm-hmm. looking in. But I, I could see it for, especially if we're looking still at a regional uh, setup for games to make sure we can get them mm-hmm. played in March. That might be that next step of, you know, you do the teams that make the playoffs are a regional round robin kind of deal, and then it's a, you know, it's not a sixteen game playoffs. It's a, you know. Eight game play or eight team playoff or four team playoff round robin semifinal final, sure. I'm up for being creative. I just don't think in the current system of because that would be like an extra game every week, or what is that four extra weeks of playoffs? Like playoffs would be like, are we still doing playoffs? It's been like a yeah, that's the problem. It, that's why it'll never happen. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh. Anybody else have any th- final thoughts? No. Hug your loved ones? Yeah, do that. Do that for sure. Uh, I will leave everybody with this, not to bring up the ghost of our past, but um, look up Matt Pickens' 2018 season with Nashville. Then look up Matt Pickens' 2019 season with Nashville. You're welcome. Just do it. Let me know how it goes. At the USL show. We'll talk about how crazy that was. Because he was old in 2018. Then he got older. That's that's what I'll leave you with. Anyway. Until next week when we know who's going to play in a, in a battle for the trophy thing. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys later. Right? Be good.